I was I was gonna do something fun on this this message because we're gonna we're gonna talk about you can put the Merry Christmas thing up there the Christmas slide up there Chad we we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, letting go of distractions today and so I was gonna set up like random things that would go off during the message that would distract us like just have an alarm go off you know forget to silence the phone and maybe the lights would fl- you know all these kinds of things and I thought there's already. <laughs> There's already so many natural distractions that exist here that uh, I didn't think it was completely necessary for us to um, to go that extravagant. But next week, I want to bring you all my junk because we're going to talk about letting go of stuff. But um, but yeah, it's just it's just the way it is. But I want to, what I want to do the next couple weeks is uh, remind you, remind myself that this world that we uh, call Earth uh, is not our home. And I don't know, but Terrace Bay has is, is, is actually become a little bit famous um, for our aliens. And if you've been around Terrace Bay a while, you know that uh, Terrace Bay is, is known for aliens. You, you drive around town, and it's really entertaining. So we had the Leamington Youth Group here this summer for our kids' camp, and they were, you know, walking around town, driving around town, and then they were like, what's with all these green aliens everywhere? And then, and so then we just, we, we went along with it and we said, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was probably the first like three, four days and we just like totally ignored the fact that they existed and they're like, okay, like seriously, what are all these things about? And uh, what I love, one day we will get, uh, we'll get the alien manufacturer to come and decorate uh, the church for us because uh, what I want to remind us is that this world is not our home. We are aliens in a foreign land, strangers in a foreign land, if you will. And uh, I am thankful with all the problems that do exist in this world that God is restoring this place uh, through his son, Jesus Christ, and we get to be a part of that process. The old is gone, the new has come, and he's making something new in us and through us each and every day. But on that journey, there are things that get in the way. There are things that we need to let go of to move forward in our faith walk with Christ. There are things that so easily distract us or get in the way. And so today we want to talk about letting go of distractions. Uh, we, want to talk, we want to talk about the next couple of weeks about eliminating the, the, uh, the, the hurts that we've accumulated over the years. We want to talk about letting go of the junk that we've accumulated over the years. And, and probably not just the physical junk, but yes, the physical junk too. We want to talk about some of that. Um, we want to get rid of the seeds of discontentment that grow and cause all sorts of other problems in our lives as well. So the next couple of weeks, we're going to hold us about. We're going to talk about the stuff that holds us down, that holds us back, that doesn't allow us to move forward in our faith. And we all have them. Uh, the all all of us go through seasons where it seems like there's more things that hold us back than more things that propel us forward. Um, there are seasons where we feel like we just can't stop, that we're unstoppable, like nothing will ever hold us back. And those are those are great seasons to be in too. But hopefully by the end of today, we can help you, we can help me eliminate some of the distractions in our life that keep us from getting close to Christ. Somebody say, travel light. Travel light. Has anyone ever gone to a funeral and there was a U-Haul trailer behind the hearst? Never. No one even laughed. No one, no one even smiled on that one. I don't know if you know this, but when you go to heaven, you don't get to take your stuff with you. You don't get to take your stuff with you. And so um, I remember my friend, he told me the most ridiculous joke when we were kids. And uh, there was this one man, he was really wealthy. And um, 
you know, he wasn't like a, made it a big deal or anything, but he just absolutely loved his gold. He had tons of gold and just absolutely loved his gold so, so much. And he was having this really intimate prayer time with God. And he said, God, I know that the end of my life is near. I'm an old man. I'm going to die soon. Can I please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please take my gold with me when I die? And God said, you know what? You've been a faithful servant. I think we can make one exception. You're the only person that can take something from this earth to heaven with you. And so he says, really? He says, yep, that's fine. And so the day comes and the man passes away and he gets to heaven. He unloads his trailer and all of a sudden the angels go, oh, good, you brought more pavement. Because <laughs> if you know anything about heaven, what the Bible says, it says the streets are made of, of pure gold. And so he brought pavement. Anyways, just something to remind you of that this world is not simply our home. And the stuff that we deal with here is... Um, is stuff that's supposed to remain here. It's stuff that's supposed to actually get buried in the grave with us and we get to be raised to life and we get to leave that stuff behind. And so we want to help you. I want to help myself. I want to let the word help us today. Let go of the things that distract us. Let go of the things that keep us separated from the love of God and from us moving forward. Now, I'm going to ask a couple questions today. And... Um, and if you were going to be completely honest, and if you're online, just go ahead and put your, your hand up in the comment section or just, just say, I do, or something. You can do whatever you can do. But I want to know, who here feels distracted right now? Like, what is, there's something else that has your attention, right? And I don't mean like in church. Like, there's lots of things that, that go wrong in church. Like, I'm going to knock over the table. I'm going to spill my tea over here. or Something's going to happen. But just generally in life, you know, you, you have kind of a plan, a goal, somewhere you want to get to, uh, uh, you know, you want to, whatever it is. How many would just say, you're honest, just, I'm feeling a little distracted right now. It's okay. I need, okay, good. We need focus. This is good. I feel the same way. And this is the time of year where we can easily get distracted and we can easily miss out on what God has for us. In fact, we could get so consumed with Christmas that we forget what Christmas is all about. Really good example right there. Now, I love the busyness of the season. I love all the things that are happening, like kids' Christmas plays are next week. And so I, you know, as a parent, I'm a, you know, I'm a sucker for volunteering at the school. So, of course, I'm going to help my kids have a great Christmas production. And so there's going to be that. We've got the Christmas banquet coming up. We've got all of these things. And I love, I love looking at my calendar and going like, hey, it's a busy week. It's a busy season. Hey, it's Christmas. It's, it's busy. But let us never lose focus, Gary, of what Christmas is truly, really about. And so we're going to read a story today to help us learn about what is good and what is best. Now, every day, every week, there is unlimited potential for distractions. Um, it might be easy or obvious if you are a parent of young kids or a young parent, there are distractions everywhere. You all witnessed it this morning already. Nice moment of, of worship. And who do you hear yelling in the background? My son, of course. And uh, kids will be kids. It's not that kids are, are a distraction, but they can be distracting. And there's little things that can come up that can just try to take our focus away from the purpose in that moment. Um, we, we see it all the time with, uh, with crying kids. We, hear, um, we, 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 we are watching, this is the worst kind of distraction, right? You're watching your favorite TV show. And you watch it on cable because uh, maybe you don't have Netflix yet. And, and, um, or maybe, maybe even if you record it or you watch it later, there's these things that distract you from the show called advertising and ads. And then you know when the, the, the chip commercial comes on? 
And all of a sudden, you're like, I want a bag of potato chips. <laughs> that Big Mac looks really good. I'm so glad we don't have a McDonald's because otherwise I'd get fat. I would love to have that Dairy Queen ice cream right now. I think we have some ice cream in the freezer, distracted easily, right? No big deal. Um, we can get distracted by, by the pure joy of being bored. Being bored sounds really good right about now. I wish there was nothing to do. We can get distracted by taking a nap. One of the most spiritual things you can do is sleep. And so, but one of the greatest distractions, and you go, hey, you know what? I think I'm just going to ignore everything and go take a nap. That's what kind of what, you know, I, I, this is my firm belief. This is exactly Jesus' model for us. When life is crazy and busy, take a nap. Going through a storm, Jesus says, okay, good night, boys. I'm having a nap. We'll see you on the other side of the lake. Craziest storm of the year shows up, and they're trapped, right? And Jesus is there taking a nap. Jesus, the crowds are after you. They're busy. Everyone wants a miracle. They want you to pray for them. Okay, guys, that's great. I'm going to go and pray, and I'm going to go alone, and I'm probably going to go have a nap. Right? This is, this is just his model for us. Now, God bless, blesses naps. I'm convinced of it. But I believe, especially in the Western world, in the 21st century, in 2022, I think it is a fight to focus. But this world is not our home. We need to travel light, which means we need to let go of distractions. Someone say, let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Okay, this is the frozen Christmas musical there for you. Destroy the physical clutter in a way. Destroy the metal, mental, metal clutter too, the mental clutter in your way that is before us. And let's focus on what matters most. Now, here is a definition of distraction. And uh, I think it'll help us understand just how powerful and detrimental distractions really are. Distraction means a pulling apart, a separating. Okay, we read the verse, nothing shall ever separate you from the love of God except for maybe a distraction. Because a distraction is a pulling apart, a separating, a dividing, a drawing of the mind in a different direction. I don't know if you uh, have ever driven on a busy freeway before and uh, you see all the cars and, uh, and you know that you have to take a certain exit or you need to stay straight on the road and you see something shiny over here and you go, oh, let's follow that. And then you get off the wrong exit ramp and you go the wrong direction for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. Every good road trip movie has this problem in it, right? It's not a good road trip movie if everything goes well. Who would want to watch that? Honestly, it would be boring. But it's a distraction, and a distraction separates, it pulls apart, it draws our mind in a different direction. And one of my favorite verses is, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, because the things of this earth will distract you, distract you from the things from above. The things on this earth will distract you from the things above. And so if you have a problem with distractions, then I would suggest stop focusing on the things of this world and focus on the things of the heavenly world. And remember that God is restoring this world through you because Jesus prayed his kingdom come on earth as it is where? In heaven. A pulling apart. I believe that every force in hell is trying to distract us. I truly believe that. Now, a child being a child is not a bad thing, but I believe that is an opportunity for, for the enemy to use that moment as a key distracting. And so it's not that we ignore the distraction. We handle it. We deal with it. We refocus. 
right? If you, one of the best forms of, um, and I've learned this having a bunny rabbit at home. They said you're not supposed to discipline a rabbit because it'll get worse at what it does. So you're not supposed to, like, a puppy you can do, like, I don't really, I'm not really an animal person, so, like, a puppy poops on the carpet, you rub their nose in it, in the whatever you do, and blah, 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 blah. If a bunny poops on the couch, you're supposed to give it a treat. You take the poop, you put it in the litter box, and then you give them a treat. And it teaches the rabbit that that's where you poop, not on the couch. Rabbit shoes the electrical cable for the Christmas lights. You're supposed to give it a treat. This is the stuff you eat, not the lights. It's like not how I was raised. But of course, a bunny is not a human, is it? And so they say what the best method of training a bunny is redirection. Redirection, refocus. And so we find ourselves that we're chewing on Christmas lights, we should be chewing on food, then we need to refocus. Now, if you're chewing on Christmas lights, we got bigger problems, people. You're chewing on too many candy canes and not enough vegetables and carrots, we also got a problem. Too much gingerbread. I mean, kids, my kids got spoiled for breakfast this morning. They got to, one, have breakfast at church. Two, they got to have, have uh, Lucky Charms. And three, they got to have dessert for breakfast today, or with breakfast, and they got to have gingerbread cookies. I didn't even get that. I got a plain, boring piece of toast and butter. That's just a fun distraction from, from the message today, just, just so you know. But a distraction is a pulling of a part. Distraction leads to division in your heart. It discourages your soul and causes you to disengage from faith. I'll say it again. Distraction leads to division in your heart. It discourages your soul and causes you to disengage from faith. The devil, this is one of my favorite quotes, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. I really would love to know who said that quote, but I've heard it a few times over my life. It says, we, we don't need to cause them to stumble, we just need to get them busy. We just need to get them to, to, to take their focus on God, off of God, get their focus off of the things that matter, get their focus off the things of God, get their focus off the things that God cares about and distract them and keep them busy because then they'll destroy themselves. It's that easy. Eventually, distraction will allow us to destroy ourselves. And sometimes distractions aren't even bad things. They're just not the best things. They might be good things, and they're not the best things. And so today we're going to read a story from the Bible about something that was good, but it wasn't the best. And you can find it in Luke chapter 10 this morning. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. You may have heard this story before. It's about Mary and Martha, two sisters. And every time I hear Martha, I think of the name Marcia, which means I think of the Brady Bunch, and I always think of Martha, 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 and... Uh, so that's how I remember this story, and that's a fun distraction for you today. See, they're already laughing. Good distraction. I only did that so you had time to get to the passage today in Luke 10. Martha, Martha, Martha. This is what it goes. Okay. Uh, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was, oh, here's the word, distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked the Lord, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? This is like, this is, this is like I have two daughters, so this is epic, right? You could just picture this. Like, she's tattletailing on her sister to Jesus. 
Like for real, like just, just, just picture my, my two kids and um, I could probably tell you which one's Mary and which one's Martha if you really want me to, but you can just imagine which one is going to Jesus and say, Jesus, this one's not doing the job that they're supposed to do. This one's not emptying the dishwasher. This one's not putting away the clean clothes. This one, you know, I can hear the argument in my head because I have two daughters and it's, it's amazing watching them some days, and it's frustrating other days. But you just imagine, this is what she says to the, to the Lord Jesus. And, he's, and this, this is what she, she goes to complain. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I'm more like Jesus than I thought. Daddy, make her do the job. And then Jesus, Martha, Martha, Martha. Okay, there's only two Marthas but I can't help it. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Anybody know somebody like this? Nod your head. If they're sitting next to you, just wink, okay? I'm not even looking. You're worried. And I, see, I, if, honest, if I'm being honest, in this story, I'm Martha. That's who I, honestly. If I'm, if I'm completely honest and open with you, I can be a Martha. You're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In other words, you are worrying about things that aren't that important right now in this moment. And this is what I say, and you can come to my house, and you can see that we live this out fully. There will always be dishes to do, there will always be laundry to fold. There will always be toys to put away. There will always be bunny poop to clean up after. You should clean the cage regularly, though. Just It keeps them happy and healthy. There's always going to be another job to do. So don't let the mundane tasks distract you from your purpose in life. I'm not saying don't do your laundry or clean your house, because you probably should do that, too. But what I'm saying is, is don't let it distract you from the purpose, which means just have a plan. Have a plan to get it done. At this place, at this time, put it in your calendar if you have to. I will clean up the bunny poop today. I wish my life was that easy. You know, just put that in the calendar more often. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Imagine Christmas is coming up. You got family Christmas dinners and... And, you know, family Christmas dinners, what are they all about, really? They're about the family getting together. It's not really about the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy and the, I don't like cranberries, but if you like cranberries, the, the stuffing and the gravy and the mashed potatoes, and you should probably have some vegetables in there, too. Some sort of wonderful dessert after, maybe some sort of pie or cake. Nancy's writing down ideas for the Christmas banquet now, by the way. I can see her. She's distracted. How many are thinking about food ready for lunch now? Distracted. Can't even go to Subway anymore. It's closed on the weekend. So you got to go make your own lunch today. But how many, you're planning your Christmas meal and you can get so caught up in the, the inner workings of the meal that you forget the whole purpose of why you're getting together for the meal in the first place. Right? If it's going to stress you out, it's not worth it. Order a pizza if you have to. Order it a few days in advance if you know the pizza store is closed on Christmas Day. I don't care, whatever you got to do. But don't let the season rob you from the season. 
enjoy the moment with the family together. Now, some of us, some of us, and if you're honest, we need the distractions from our family. We need to be cooking the turkey in the kitchen. We need to be washing the dishes so that we don't have to deal with the crazy of our family. There's a few more amens on that one. And honestly, sometimes that's, that's exactly true what we need, right? We have those people in our lives that absolutely drive us crazy, and they distract us from our purpose as well. It's like, okay, God, I need to have boundaries in my life. I need to, to limit how much time I'm around this person because they're just a negative, sorry, Nancy. They're a negative Nancy, a negative Nora. Let's go with Nora. There's no Nora in the room today. Nellie, negative Nellie. I don't know anyone here named Nellie. We'll go with that one. Sorry, Nancy. You're fabulous. Fancy Nancy. I heard that Nancy had this place decorated up really good for a baby shower she hosted here the other day. And Tracy came by. I don't know if he was here for the baby shower or not, but he came by. He said it looked really good. So um, Nancy, fancy Nancy, not, uh, not negative Nancy. But I love what, what our Lord says to Martha. He says, you worry about too many things. Mary has chosen what is better so it's not that what Martha was, was doing was even bad. It was good. It was good to make preparation. You are the host. And we could get into all the cultural significance that was taking place in this moment. Because there's some very significant Jewish cultural things to pay attention to. Why was Martha so concerned about what Mary was doing? There was multiple levels of concern taking place here. Why in the world is she sitting at Jesus' feet? Why is this woman sitting at his feet? She's not a disciple. She's a woman for crying out loud. She's not even allowed to be there. And there's things that need to be done, and I'm the one doing them. And Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What Martha was doing was, was good, maybe even important. And we love the Marthas of this world, because without the Marthas, there wouldn't be anything to eat. Without the Marthas, there wouldn't be anything clean. Dishes wouldn't be washed. Bills wouldn't get paid. And believe me, the gifts would not get wrapped without the Marthas of this world. And Mary is probably one of those people who doesn't even return Tupperware containers. And if she does, it's probably dirty. <laughs> it's important for us to note here that what Martha was doing wasn't bad or wrong, but it wasn't the best. It wasn't God's best for her life in that moment. And so often the most difficult choices aren't between good and bad, but they're actually between good and best. This is probably one of the, the, when I kind of read that and I kind of listened to that quote and, and wrote it down to share with you, I went, I think that's actually true. He says, I hate making decisions some days. And this is why I say to my wife, oh, you just decide what we want to watch today because I want to watch the absolute best show and I don't even know what that is sometimes. Or I want to play the best game that I know that I might possibly be able to win. I, I do not enjoy board games because I don't win when I play board games very often. Youth on Thursday night, I will proudly say I won a board game and I beat Pastor Katie in the board game on Thursday night. I'm proud of that. Distraction. So often the most choices aren't between good and bad, but between good and best. So how do we choose what is better? Well, first thing we have to do, I think the first step in, in, in eliminating distractions is, is, is just that, diminish the distractions. 1 Corinthians 7.35 from the New Living Translation says this, I'm not saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. 
So, I mean, Paul writes to the Corinthians and he gives them some information, gives them some, some practical steps, addresses some things that are go, excuse me, going on. And he says, I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you, because I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. You know what I absolutely love and absolutely hate? When you get to a meeting and you're going to plan someone and someone says, let's just think outside of the box. And then that's when all the crazy stuff happens. Because here's the truth. If you actually want creativity, you need boundaries. You need borders. Because when you have limitations and restrictions, if you have a limited budget, for example, you can only spend this much money because you don't have any more. The amount of creativity that comes out of that restraint is unbelievable. The amount of creativity that comes from heaven in those moments is out of this world, quite literally. The things that people can do with so little, because they've been given restrictions, is absolutely outstanding. So diminish the distractions. When you actually have restrictions and boundaries in place, and these are what help us eliminate and diminish those distractions, it actually births creativity and allows us to do whatever we need to do to serve the Lord best. Um, one of the biggest distractions in my life personally, aside from maybe my undiagnosed ADHD, has got to be what this world is distracted by most. And that we could say thank you to BlackBerry, iPhone, and Android for giving us the biggest distractions in our world today for at least the last 22 plus years. I mean, the stuff that you can do on this thing is absolutely incredible. The technology that put a man on the moon in the 60s doesn't even compare to the technology we have in our pockets nowadays. And um, so here's some fun facts for you. It's like father, son, and holy phone, right? That's, that seems to be the way it is. Uh, I knew that would get Corey on that one. Um, the average person picks up their phone every 12 minutes. I don't know how old these are, but roughly 12 minutes. Um, and by the way, as a valuable tool and as much work that you can get done on this thing, productivity hasn't increased, by the way. It's decreased. Relationships struggle even though we're so closely connected like never before. I lost the part of my notes. I got distracted. And even though I would say there's multiple Bible apps and phone reminders that we can put in place, uh, people generally, especially in the West, are not moving closer to God. They're moving farther from him. Now, there's a lot of good that can be done, and there's a lot of good that tools do for us. And if we remember that this is simply a tool and not our life, then it's incredibly valuable to us. Uh, I knew a contractor who would literally, if not literally very close to it, go to bed with his tool belt on because he loved working so much. And if he wasn't wearing it when he went to bed, it, you could bet it was on the side table beside him because he loved work so much. And everything else in his life suffered because he was all about work. So he lost his family. He lost everything that he was working for because he just worked all the time. Literally, tools got in the way of his life. Was it bad that he worked? Absolutely not. Was it bad that he wanted to provide for his family? Absolutely not. But it got in the way of the very thing that he was working towards. The average person spends two hours a day on social media. Click, scroll, repeat. That doesn't count texts, emails, news, games, or your Netflix binge. And uh, if you don't know this, that's about seven years of your life, depending on how long 
you live. Seven, seven years of clicking and scrolling, clicking and scrolling, clicking and scrolling, scrolling and clicking, clicking and scrolling. By the way, we got a Christmas tree yesterday, and uh, you could watch the process of us getting that tree if you go to Facebook, and I shared it there. If you want to pull your phone out and do that now as a distraction, you're more than welcome to do that. See, distraction. And uh, here we are now, and anyways. Seven years clicking and scrolling, watching Pastor Gary's reels. Actually, if you want to watch a good reel on Facebook, watch the stuff that Rachel produces. She makes good Facebook and Instagram content. So, good job, Rachel. I know it's good because it comes up in my feed of all the other random reels that I watch. And so then it shows up and I go, hey, I know that person. And it's good. We can keep scrolling, we can keep clicking, but we can still feel left out, unimportant, depressed, left wondering why no one hits the like button on our post reels or stories. Um, I think one of the best sobering features, features Apple ever came out was when they gave you every Sunday morning, I get a notification, you use this much screen time this week across all of your devices. And here's how you use that time, social media, clicking, scrolling, uh, productivity, which I guess would be emails and typing up stuff. Um, I don't know if you do this, but I, uh, I started using Grammarly. If you ever uh, see the ads for that when you're online and stuff, it corrects everything. And uh, sometimes it auto-corrects things really strangely, but it's uh, somewhat hilarious. Um, but I'm so proud when I get the Grammarly email on Monday morning or Sunday afternoons, and it says, okay, you are more productive than X number of users on Grammarly this week. You used, and this one always gets me, because it's always a high percentage. Like it's always at least 70% or higher. You use 70% more unique words than the average Grammarly user. What does that mean about, what does that say about me? I, don't, I, just, I just assume that most pastors don't use it, and so therefore it doesn't understand why I'm talking about the things I talk about in emails and sermon preps and all these kinds of things. But then it says, you know, I'm so much more, so it feels really good. Very valuable tool. But you know what I really love? I love when I go on vacation, or I go camping for a weekend, or, or whatever, something to, to that effect, and I get that email on Sunday morning or the notification saying your screen time was down and it's usually a significant percent because I go on family to spend that time with, or go on vacation to spend time with my family and spend time with my wife. Usually once or twice a year, we actually ditch the kids, just Elizabeth and I, and we just go have a weekend together. Some people think we're absolutely crazy and I don't care if we're crazy, but I love my wife more than I love my kids. Because if I love my wife more than I love my kids, my kids will get loved and they will know the value of a healthy relationship. And so we, we just ditch the kids. Hopefully next month in January, we got a plan to do that. If anyone wants to watch our kids for a weekend, let me know. They're all yours. Working on that part now. But I uh, would love to make that happen. Bill just volunteered. Awesome. But I love that when, when my phone activity go, and my screen time activity goes way down, I know that my relational activity has gone way up. The very purpose of the vacation, to relax, to rest, to spend time with family, get to know my kids, reconnect with them, reconnect with my wife, I know that I've accomplished that goal simply by that one tiny little metric. We need to diminish the distractions. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's no Bible verse that talks about cell phones. No, it doesn't talk about technology, but there is a, a verse, there is a proverb, some wisdom from Solomon that I think we can draw a comparison to that will help us understand this principle. 
In Proverbs 5.8, simply put in reference to an adulterous woman, Solomon says about an adulterous woman, stay away from her. Great advice. You know that she's an adulterer. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house. He doesn't say take her for a drink. He doesn't say just drive by. He doesn't say meet her in a public place because that's okay. He just says stay away. Stay away. Now, if God's called you to go ministry, don't go alone. But stay away. Whenever possible, eliminate the options. Eliminate the options. Learn the habits. Learn what you can handle and cut off everything that you can't. If you binge too many shows, cancel the subscription. If you fish too much, give away the fishing rods to Pastor Gary. (laughs) If you work too hard, take a vacation. And you don't have to do it permanently, right? Just put the Xbox in the closet for a month and see how life goes. Delete the apps. I, I used to, so I had this, so you guys know we're Disney fans. I had this game called Disney's Magic Kingdoms. And I used to have another one. It's like, car, I, had to delete, I had an airport game. I love airplanes and stuff. I had to delete them. I was just spending too much time on it. That was years ago now. And you know what? I don't even miss it. It was so meaningless to my life. It doesn't even, don't even miss it. It wasn't even one of those, hey, well, it wasn't bad. Well, it wasn't good either. It was incredibly time-wasting. Incredibly draining of time. That was probably six years ago that I got, seven years ago I got rid of those ones. But like in order to move forward in the game, you got to play it more, right? And if you don't play it, then you fall behind. No one likes to fall behind because then you're not winning anymore. And it's just this vicious cycle just ropes you in. And then some, some of them, they're free. And then if you want to get ahead, you can also waste not just your time, but you can waste your money because then it asks you to, if you could get ahead by just paying a little bit, we'll give you some free coins. And parents have horror stories of kids racking up their iTunes account because they've been buying all these the stuff in the games. It's absolutely ridiculous. Unbelievable. My kids ask me for a phone all the time. There's no way you're getting a phone. You stare at the TV like it's a god already. And they don't even watch that much TV. It's crazy. Diminish the distractions. Cut yourself off if you have to. You know, notifications. You know, maybe all you need to do is turn the notifications off on your phone. I love that. That little red dot when it says I got a new one, it drives me crazy. I have to see what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it. And it's usually nothing. It's never important. Because if it's important, the person would have called me and left a message. So if you call and I don't answer the phone, you leave a message, it's probably because I'm eliminating distractions. If you call me again right away, I know it's important, and I'll usually answer. Just fun fact, don't tell anybody that, though. I love the uh, same principle here. Resist temptation, it will flee. Do what you can to diminish the distractions. I don't know what your boundaries need to be. I don't know what things you need to put in place. Like, okay, I'm going to spend time with my wife, which may mean we're going to wash the dishes together. Apparently, that's good for your relationship to do that kind of thing, by the way. I hate dishes. I, hate, I don't mind laundry. I hate folding it. But when I get to fold laundry with my wife, it's way better. It really is. And she's not here, so I can say that. Housework is definitely better when you're not doing it alone, by the way. All right, number two, focus on the important. So here's, here's the positive reinforcement. Okay, here's the, here's the don't do this, but here's what you should do, right? So it's just a redirection, just like the bunny rabbit. Positive redirection. Focus on the important. Do what you want to do. Do what you have to do to be successful. 
do more of what matters. So do less of the things that don't matter unless they contribute to the goal that you want to reach to do the things that do matter. If you could repeat that sentence, I will give you five bucks. It's at home, though. Say no to the good, yes to the best. Proverbs 4.25 says this. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Anyone ever gone hiking through some of the the hiking trails around here? Anyone get off the trail before? Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Right, Greg? That's awesome. <laughs> Greg and I brought the kids on a hike, and we got off the trail. <laughs> the best was, uh, was Catherine. I want to go back. Well, there's nowhere to go back to, hon. we got to keep going forward now. Focus on the important. Stay on the path with fixed purpose. Distraction. Popped a man watching a reel. Jim Gaffigan, funny comedian. He's Catholic, so he makes all kinds of Catholic jokes. I don't know if it's good or not, but he does a little thing about hiking. He's like, what's the, what's the point of hiking? You don't even go anywhere. It's not like there's a pizza hut on the other end or something like that. <laughs> Missed the point, I guess. But stay on the path, look straight ahead, ignore life's distraction, watch where you're going, stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Proverbs 4.25. Now, I think Solomon's a little bit crazy because following Jesus isn't always smooth. It's not always pleasant, and it might not even feel safe sometimes, but it is the absolute best place that you can be. One of the best words of advice I heard a couple years ago, and I've, I've held true in, in all things leadership, and, and I try to hold true to it in my, even my personal life, is you steer where you stare. You steer where you stare. So the next time you're driving down the road, and there's no one else on the road, um, look straight ahead and then keep your hands on the wheel and then look to the left and see how long it takes before your vehicle crosses the center line and you end up on the other side of the road. Because it's true, you steer where you, where you stare. It's probably a little bit more obvious in, in those moments, but um, if you're ever in the boat and you're on the lake and uh, you want to get to that point over there, look where you want to go and you will get there. If you look over here, you're going to end up over here. And if you look this way, you're going to end up at Patrick's row over here. But we can ignore life's distractions. We can move forward if we have our fixed purpose. All right, God, I know what it's going to take to follow you. I know what it means to have your kingdom come, your will be done. I know what it means to, to be a follower of you. And so let me focus on the things that are important. Let me focus on what really matters. There's a great story about Peter walking on water. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, it didn't matter what the wind was doing. It didn't matter what the waves were doing. None of those distractions mattered because he kept moving forward. And the moment he took his eyes off the Lord, the moment he started to look at the waves, he began to sink. And the moment he began to sink, he started to panic. Now, I imagine, I mean, Peter was a fisherman, so he was on the lake. He was on the sea a long time. I, I wonder, he probably was able to swim, I would, I would think so. And so those would have had to been, one, some incredible waves and some incredibly strong wind. Two, he must have gone pretty far to be that far away from the boat, knowing I can't even swim back to the boat if I wanted to. This is how far along he had gone on his journey before he lost focus. 
Now, if I'm going to lose focus, I want to lose it right away so that I can grab hold of that boat and get back on. But how terrifying to go so far on your journey of faith and to lose it all and take your focus off. How terrifying that would have been. Proverbs, back to Proverbs, the next verse, 426. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. One of the ways to stay in line with your relationship with God this Christmas season is to evaluate your values. Instead of giving in to the distractions of the season, which can be very good, go for experience over things, go for relationships over production and tasks. Experiences and relationships are what lasts to the very end. We want not what is good, but rather what is best. Remember that all the forces of hell are trying to distract us from the truth. And finally this morning, again, focus on the positive. So we're going to diminish the distractions. We're going to focus on the important. And then we're going to listen to the voice of God. When you seek God first, you hear him. When you open his word, he always speaks. And through his spirit, if you have ears to hear what the spirit is saying, you will hear the voice of God. And Isaiah, who gave the prophecy of our Lord's birth, says in Isaiah 30, 21, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right and when you turn to the left, this is the way, walk in it. Don't let the noise of this world distract you from the voice of God. God sent his son Jesus to be God with us so that we could have a tangible, real-life experience with the presence of God. Jesus ascended into heaven. He sent us the Holy Spirit so that in this world today, we could have a real, tangible presence, experience in the presence of God. That we have the ability to hear literally what God speaks to us. Don't let the noise of the world distract us from the voice of God. I don't know what your next step is. And if you don't know what your next step is, then take the time to diminish the distractions, focus on what's important, and listen for the voice of God. Take a moment to pray. Don't rush through the prayer. Remember to pause. Prayer helps the focus. Another practical step to hear the voice of God is love over judgment. Jesus came to this world as a human, for human's sake, for the sake of grace. Let's be generous with grace and love, and we'll hear God's voice in the middle of our generosity that way. People over production. Remember what matters most. It's easy for us to look at the work we have done in our building. It's not a clubhouse. It's a tool for us to use. But it's always about the people that we can serve, and if we can serve them better. This is the house of the Lord. Jesus came to rescue people. Even the temple was built for people to worship God. It was a tool. It was an avenue. One of the greatest leaders was Nehemiah. He kind of went off the deep end a little bit at the end of the story, but he was so incredibly, this is, this is probably a message for another time, but he was so incredibly focused that he forgot about the purpose. He was so focused on the task, he forgot about the prayer. He was literally beating people up on the street, saying, how dare you not follow God? This is why we built the wall. This is why we rebuilt the temple. And he totally lost the purpose of, of why they did those things. But he never let anything distract him. I mean, there was, there was a lot of uprising coming against Nehemiah. There was a lot of people distracting him that, that were very much against what he was doing. And he says, I'm doing a great work. I can't stop now. And he literally had the sword in one hand, laying bricks with the other, and said, look, I can't stop now. I've got too much important things 
to do. And it's so easy to get distracted and let those little things that instantly become big things distract us from what's really important, what really matters. I don't know if you know this, but if this sticks with you, it would be great. God is too good to be distracted by things that don't last. God is too good to be distracted by things that don't last. Your life is too valuable, your calling is too great, and God is too good to waste your life. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you came to this earth with so much incredible clarity. And Lord, I thank you that you came with incredible amount of purpose to bring us new life, to bring us hope, to bring us peace, and to bring us joy into a hurting, dark world. Thank you for being the light in the darkness. For those of us today who are struggling with distractions, that are keeping us, O oh God, from moving forward in our faith or moving forward in a task, Lord, that, Lord, that has been a dream of ours, Lord, whatever that distraction happens to be, Lord, may we see that light in the darkness. And Lord, if there's lights all around us, would you help us to see the right light? Would you help us to see the brightest light, O oh God, which we believe today is you? God, I pray for everyone that is joining us here this morning, here in this moment, online, or we'll watch later. I pray, Lord, that you would help us drown out the noise of this world to keep our focus on you. God, I pray that you would help us diminish the distractions, keep our focus on what is good, what is noble, what is true, what is right. Set our mind on these things. Whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, oh God, we want to think on these things. And God, as we pursue you, may we always have ears to hear what you're saying to us. Lord, if it means just putting everything aside and, and pausing and going for a walk, Lord, Lord, give us the strength and the courage to take that step of faith to go and, and listen for the voice of God. Lord, I thank you for the clarity that you bring through your word, the clarity you bring through speaking through us, and the clarity you bring, O oh God, to the people around us, Lord, even in this room today. For those of us struggling, Lord, may we be able to reach out to help that we could walk with one another, lift one another up. Lord, may we continue to build your kingdom here on the North Shore and around the world. As we keep our focus on you, our focus on our mission, O oh God, to reach those who are far from you, Jesus. Pray a blessing over each one and each family here now. In your name we pray. Amen.